Do you want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. It's called Spotify for Podcasters. It lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. You know I love that, and I promise you the other platforms don't offer that. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can also earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. I've been using Spotify for Podcasters from the very start. I highly recommend you give it a try. Just don't post on Monday. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monday Match Analysis. I'm Gil Gross. It is time to create the greatest tennis player ever. Part two. Yes, I've done this before. June 2018, I created the Hulk of tennis, if you will, the ideal tennis player. But my friends, a lot has changed since June 2018, and slowly but surely, the Hulk's tennis skills began to decline in certain areas. And I'm here to address those declines and uh, update our ideal, perfect, incredible, amazing, unbeatable tennis player. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy, doing their best to avoid the spread of coronavirus. I hope that I can offer a bit of an escape uh, while we all go through this together. This is kind of a fun exercise. Don't take it too seriously. Uh, But it's also a good chance to shout out some of the skills on tour that I believe deserve a shout out. So here's how it's going to work. There are 28 categories, 28 attributes that make up a tennis player that I have broken down. What makes this interesting, what makes this difficult, is I can only use a player once for each category. Would I love to put Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic in a ton of different categories? Do I believe that they are the best in the world in numerous, multiple categories? Yes, I do. That's not how this works. I can only use them once. So there are 28 different players represented here. Um, If you want a spoiler, if you don't want a spoiler, do not look at the description. I will write out the complete Hulk cheat sheet. Uh, But if you do want a spoiler, you can look at the description. I also uh, took from some YouTube videos and... With the exception of like the official tennis TV accounts and the official tournament accounts, I have uh, credited those videos with links so that you can subscribe to these people who do really great work to comb through tennis footage and create these great uh, compilations on YouTube. And then there's also some courtside video, which also requires hard work and sacrifice. So I credit those, uh, those creators. So let's get started here. Every point in tennis history has started with the serve, so that's where we will begin. I have broken down the serve into three categories, the three different kinds of serves. You have your slice serve, you have your flat serve, and you have your kick serve. Those are the three categories, nice and simple. We start with the slice serve. And that one goes to Nick Kyrgios. Here it is, folks, the slice serve for Nick Kyrgios. 
of all of the big servers on Tor, I feel that Kyrgios has a very special ability to take pace off the ball, carve around the outside edge, to find that angle, to get that extreme sideways action, that slider action uh, on the tennis ball. It is your classic slice serve, especially effective for a righty on the deuce side, for a lefty on the ad side. Let's take a look at it one more time. Look how far off the court that ball slides and moves. And um, what I did notice combing through the footage is that almost every time when Kyrgios hits an ace with his slice serve out wide, he goes flat down the tee on the next first serve almost every single time. So if you're watching this video and you're about to play Nick Kyrgios, don't say I didn't warn you. Let's go to, to the flat serve now. Oh, last year. Uh, this category was won by Gilles Mueller. Now retired, but Mueller, the lefty from Luxembourg, had a great ability to hit a slice serve. So Kyrgios takes the reins in that category. Next, the flat serve, and that one goes to the young, Riley Opelka. Boom! Out wide, flat serve on the ad side right there. Opelka can thump it. Last year, this one, or not last year, Last time in part one, this one went to Ivo Karlovic, but now Karlovic getting old, dropped outside the top 100. I decided to give it to the young up-and-comer Riley Opelka, whose flat serve is right on par right now with anyone on tour. Where Opelka needs to get better serving-wise is actually uh, really on the kick serve, which is a good transition because the third category is the kick serve, and we have a repeat champion here in the kick serve category. It's John Isner. Ladies and gentlemen, the best kick serve on tour, no doubt. Look at that. That gets up about, I mean, that looks like maybe nine or 10 feet in the air. That ball kicks up high on Djokovic, who's on the baseline and still has to reach up above his shoulders. A lot of players have tried to deal with this Isner kick serve. It's really difficult. You can try to drop back to the back fence, but Normally, the court actually is not long enough, and the ball still doesn't drop down low until it reaches you. You can try to take it early, but especially when the ball lands short in the service box like this one does, it, it normally still kicks up over your head. There's almost nothing you can do. Man, what a weapon this kick serve is, and that's why John doesn't just... He's not just dangerous, uh, or he's not just high on the leaderboards when it comes to first serve win percentage. He's up there in second serve win percentage too because he has this kick serve to go to. So here we are on the serve, your slice, your flat, your kick, the perfect serve in my opinion. Now, of course, well, I guess... Uh, those players probably wouldn't really be used anywhere else except maybe Kyrgios on the forehand side. All right, next, after you serve, you got to move. So it's time to break down the athleticism category, starting with footwork. And again, we have a repeat champion, and it is one of the greatest of all time, Roger Federer. A lot of people talk about how Federer always looks like he's barely trying, like he's gliding around the court. 
like it's easy. A lot of people talk about how graceful Federer is. It's all about the footwork. He seems to just glide into the right place every single time. And man, anytime I use a member of the big three, it's very valuable. It's a very valuable, it's a very valuable thing. So you got to use them in the most important parts of tennis. Footwork is right there. When professional tennis players miss a shot, it's normally a bad shot selection or they couldn't get their feet in the right position. Very rarely will they go for the right shot, will they get the ball in the right place, and they'll still miss the shot. It just won't happen very often. Footwork is so, so paramount. Uh, if you look at this clip, watch how... When Federer serves, the return is very strong. Watch how Federer gets out of the way in plenty of time. Just watch his feet here. And then um, how he glides around the backhand to hit his inside-out forehand. It's one of the most graceful footwork examples I could find of any player, period, is how Federer runs around his backhand. But first, look how quick he is to get out of the way. Boom, boom, boom. Bang. The forehand. And now he just glides around it. Great timing on the footwork as well. Just gets himself in a perfect spot. So Roger Federer for footwork. Next category is strength. Physical strength. Now the main thing that this is going to give a player the ability to do is uh, it's going to give said player the ability to play from compromised court positions. A lot has to do with just how much power they're able to get when they can't set their feet or when they're far back in the court, it, it has a lot to do with power. And one of the strongest guys on tour, in my opinion, is Nicholas Basilishvili. So he wins this in the strength category. Now, I generally think of three players. I think of Stan Wawrinka, Dominic Team, Rafa Nadal as the strongest players on tour. But I needed to use them elsewhere. So the next guy I went to was Nicholas Basilishvili, who's able to pull off incredible shots like this. Where, I mean, he's got no right to hit a winner there. Open stance, all upper body. Nadal isn't really even recovered to the middle of the court. So for him to hit a cross-court winner here is unreal. By Basilishvili. He's got so much strength. And just gives him great opportunities to do damage from the back of the court. On the other end of things, right, uh, a David Giffan, a Kane Ishikori, um, some of the more lightweight, and Alex Dimonor, some of the more lightweight players can't do what a guy like really just did in the clip we just watched. They can't do it uh, because they do not have, and I believe this is an athletic attribute, even though it has to do with largely hitting ground strokes, they just don't have the strength to do it. They're too lightweight. Uh, next up is speed. Last year, um, the strength category went to Stan Wawrinka. I decided to use him elsewhere. The speed category last year went to Gael Monfils. It changes hands. I think unequivocally, the man, this man, is the fastest player on tour right now. It's Alex Dimonor. He's absolutely unreal. How many points does Francis Tiafo need to win this point? Oh no, why did it freeze? Hold on. Restart. Sometimes these videos have been freezing on me. Uh-oh. Come on. 
Trying my best here. There we go. Great forehand angle by TFO. Somehow, Demonor's there. Now he goes short cross court. Demonor's there. Drop volley. A beauty. Demonor's there again. And that is a winner. I mean, holy God. You got to win a point four times to try to hit it past Alex Demonor. He's the fastest player on tour right now. No doubt he's faster than, I mean, I think he's faster than Djokovic and Monfils. Uh, endurance is the next category. I cannot show you a video for that because it would be a a 50 second to a minute 30 second video and uh, that's a no-no with copyright. So there's the athleticism category. Footwork, Roger Federer. Strength, Nicholas Basilashvili. Speed, Alex Dimonor. Endurance, Gilles Simon. Next up is what I believe to be the most important shot in tennis, which is the forehand. So let's go ahead and talk about the forehand. I have adjusted the attributes. Last year, I got to stop saying last year. In the previous edition, the categories were power, topspin, consistency, and variety. I've adjusted the first two. Uh, no longer is it power and topspin. Um, I've combined those two. Power plus topspin equals heaviness. So I've made one category is heaviness. I don't think topspin in itself is very important. So I didn't think it made sense for that to be a, an attribute. Uh, the category I've added is precision. I think there's something to be said for being able to put your ground stroke exactly where you want it, whether it be changing direction with uh, with precision, whether it be finding angles. I think putting the ball in, you know, in um, hard to reach places, I'll say, I think is important. So we begin the forehand category with heaviness. Last year it went to Juan Martin Del Potro. This time it goes to Dominic Team, who has made is beginning to make a career out of absolutely destroying his forehand. Check out this clip. Great courtside video by Racket Comedy. On his back foot, crushes this one, sets his feet, and blasts it down the line. Again, the video kind of froze here, but I think you get the gist of it. This is not good, though, if this keeps happening. I do this live, as you can tell. Here we go. Off his back foot, crushes it, sets his feet, blasts it down the line. Look at that. It's a thing of beauty from Dominic Team. He's incredible at it. Uh, precision goes to Stefanos Tsitsipas. I've talked about this before, but I think uh, it's very underrated. The cross-court angles he tends to get on his forehand... Um, and his ability to put the ball where he wants, especially when he's hitting his approach shot, which is very, very useful. Approach shots are a lot about placement, if you ask me. They're not about power. Um, and he can do some very impressive things. That angle right there, I think, is so unique. I just don't think a lot of players can actually hit this shot right here. From the middle of the court... It's just hard to find angles, and that's why players like to return deep down the middle because normally that's your best shot. If you're not going to hit a heavy ball, your best shot at neutralizing is to actually hit it down the middle. If, if you have a weaker ball and you give your opponent angle, now you're in a little bit more trouble.
That was a good return right down the middle. Tsitsipas with his heavy topspin still finds the angle. So precise on that shot. Next category is consistency. Very, very important. Who has the ability to not miss? Again, you can't make, I don't have a, a video to show you here, but it's Andre Rublev, a forehand that is beginning to remind me more and more of David Ferrer's forehand. He can really accelerate on every forehand, but he still manages just not to miss, especially when, when he gets in a rhythm on his forehand and he starts going, or, or whatever that his grunt is that people love to, uh, to imitate. Um, Andre Rublev has incredible consistency. Me like, me like that forehand. I was, uh, I was hitting the other day and again, I'm stopped all the time by people on the court and they go, your forehand looks exactly like David Ferrer's. And I go, not an accident. Um, variety. What I'm looking for in forehand variety is the ability to uh, mix up spins, and I'm also looking for a player with an excellent drop shot. So a player who can flatten out their forehand, a player who can hit the forehand with heavy topspin, and then a player who can mix in that drop shot. And uh, that can't be anyone other than Matteo Berrettini. Ladies and gentlemen, bash the inside out, soft hands on the dropper. And Krajinovic hits a pretty strong ball. I mean, that's a difficult drop shot. If you think about how much pace this ball's coming in with, boom. And he has to just deaden that from the baseline. So, I mean, that's like bad shot selection. But Berrettini has a great drop shot on the forehand side and obviously destroys the forehand when he decides to hit over it. So it's not a comfortable feeling when Berrettini loads up for a forehand and you don't know if you should be going backwards or forwards, if you know what I mean. So variety on the forehand goes to Berrettini. Let's take a look at this category. Imagine this forehand, folks. Dominic Team, Stefano Tsitsipas, Rublev, and Berrettini. That's just four. Forget the categories. That's four exceptional forehands here, and I'm taking the best out of each forehand. That would be a monstrous shot. A monstrous shot. Let us go to the backhand now. We start again with heaviness. It's the same four categories, except instead of variety on the fourth one, I'm going with slice. Very important to have a strong backhand slice. Um, heaviness goes to Stan Wawrinka. So last year I used him in the strength category. I, th I still think he's extremely strong. Um... But I decide to use him in backhand heaviness. How about this? To win the French Open, folks. Open stance on the one-hander down the line. Video froze again. Um, yeah, I mean, this is not a shot a lot of players can hit, especially one-handers. But Vavrinka gets tons of heaviness on his backhand. One of the main advantages of hitting a one-handed backhand is generally you... You're able to unlock a little bit more heaviness. That's one of the most important shots uh, of Stan Wawrinka's career there to get the break at four all. Uh, what was that, 2013? I don't know why I'm guessing if I'm – whatever. I think I'm right. Anyway, when Stan uh, won the French Open, that was a big shot for him. 
Next is Precision. Now, with Tsitsipas in the Precision, I highlighted his ability to hit that short cross-court angle. But on the backhand side, I want to highlight a player who just lines it up down the line beautifully. Just measures this shot and changes direction, redirects the backhand down the line better than anyone. It's David Gafan. And I choose here another very important spot, a very important point here for Gafan in last year's Wimbledon. Look at this. How? How is that possible? Now, I want to I make something very, very clear. When we talk about hot shots, when we, when we put shots on the highlight reel and Tennis TV posts them on Twitter and we put them on YouTube, hot shots, generally it's one of three things. It's either great speed. We love great speed. Great power. We love great power. Or great hands. We love a good drop shot. That's what is sexy, I think, for the average tennis fan. What about great timing? Not enough great timing. This shot is unbelievable. Not great power, not great hands, not great speed, but Medvedev hits a really, really strong cross-court backhand. And for Gafan to time this as beautifully as he did is, in my opinion, like a tennis geek's hot shot because I don't know how he timed this. Like I don't know how I don't know how he hit a winner there down the line. It's that's an unbelievable shot to me even though it's not as sexy as some other shots. Um backhand consistency. Funny enough, we just saw Daniil Medvedev. That's who wins this category. When Medvedev is at his best, his backhand is a flat out ball machine. He never misses. He just doesn't miss. Um and Similar to Rublev on, on the forehand consistency, it is not an easy shot to deal with, the Medvedev backhand, even when he's trading it because it stays very low. Um, sometimes it even skids off the court, so it's very bothersome, but uh, Medvedev can go long stretches without missing a backhand. Uh, slice. The king of slice. Now, last year, who did this go to? Oh, right. It went to another player who has since retired. Went to... The dog, Alexander Dolgopolov. There's certainly a new king of slice on tour. There's no doubt about it. And Roger Federer might have the best slice in the world, but I wasn't going to use Roger Federer for backhand hand slice. It's got to be Dan Evans. Match point, chip and charge. Ooh, too much for Andre Rublev to handle. Um, three big points in a row I've chosen here. Let's watch it one more time. Depth is very important on the chip and charge. Look at that float. Just keeps floating, 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 and suddenly it hits the baseline. Rublev can't hit a pass on that. I mean, he's he's screwed. He's screwed there. It's too good from uh, Dan Evans, who he's exceptional at controlling the slice backhand. I mean, he can it, it he can use it defensively. He can hit it short in the court, short and low, or he can do what he just did there, and um, he can control the depth of that shot really, really well. All right, let's take a look at our ideal backhand. The heaviness of Stan Wawrinka, the precision of David Gafan, consistency like Daniil Medvedev and Dan Evans's slice. Man, I love that. Really good players in this category. Very good players. Uh, next up is the defense. How are we defending? Um, three categories for defense. Backhand, forehand, and a new one, return. 
it used to be a little bit different. I used to have counterattacking. I got rid of that category. Uh, backhand wing, last year it was Hian Chung. I got to stop saying last year. Last time it was Hian Chung. Forehand wing, the defending champion is uh, Diego Schwartzman. And I've added a new category, return. To me, uh, the return is inherently a defensive shot. So I decided to put the return, an all-encompassing return category, in the defense category. Uh, let's uh, start with backhand. And I got to give this one to one Gail Monfils, who defends his backhand really, really well. I think that there are really only two players who are comfortable on a hard court hitting sliding open stance backhands. Novak Djokovic and Gail Monfils. Now, my clip is more of a counterattack that I'm about to show you, but still, I just want to make mention of that. But look at that. Now, that's, that's a counterattack. It's not really a great get um, because I originally had Monfils slotted for counterattack and I didn't want to find a new clip. But he's so good at this, turning defense into offense. Um, especially with the backhand down the line. I think he really can can square that up nicely and flip points on its head. Here's here's some really good gets. And look at this, against Monfils. Here's Grigor Dimitrov. He's the winner on the forehand side. So athletic, folks. So explosive. He got there again and draws the air. Beautiful from Grigor Dimitrov. See that one more time. What a get. Yeah, Dimitrov, really good with the continental grip when he stretched out on the forehand side, but also, I think, excellent just hitting running forehands on the on the uh, dead run. He's really good at it. Um, and, of course, he has this the requisite speed uh, to win this forehand defense category. On the return, I'm going with Diego Schwartzman, and I had trouble finding a good clip, so let's just go to stats. Schwartzman. On the second serve, no one is better at returning the second serve. Really good on both wings on the return, but I'm especially in love with his backhand return. His take back is very, very simple. Very simple. Very uh, Keeps it very short, but he just has this way of lining up this very piercing, flat backhand return. Um, it's like a BB. It's really, really strong. I love Schwartzman's backhand in general. And I think that he's able to use it on the return really well. So now let's take a look at our defense. Monfils on the backhand, forehand, Dimitrov, and the return to Schwartzman. All right, we're going down the home stretch. The next category is the offense. Of course, that would make sense. Um, there are certain attributes that I think are very unique to having good attacking tennis. There are a couple of new categories here. I used to, um, this category used to be the net game and I had forehand volley, backhand volley, net coverage, all of that. But I've decided let's just consolidate it into one category that covers the entire game at the net, the net game volleys. Um, and then let's shed light on some other categories like your ability to play on the rise. It's only fair if I give a shout out to players who are able to play from far back because they have enough strength, like Nicholas Basilishvili. It's only fair that I give 
the other players a shout out, the players who are able to use their unique attributes to play on the rise and take time away, which is so important when it comes to playing aggressive tennis. The third category is aggression, which, of course, in order to, uh, it really refers to shot selection, but also just this innate sense of looking for ways to finish the point at all times and being creative in doing so. So let's start with volleys. My favorite volleys, I had to think very hard about this. I think Sangha I was considering, Air Bear I was considering. I think Herkach has very underrated volleys, but I wound up going with Feliciano Lopez. He's my favorite player on tour to watch volley. So strong, so sturdy, so solid. Really sticks his volleys on both sides, but also in singles, oftentimes you don't want to stick your volley. You want to soften up your hands and and hit drop volleys and Feliciano can do that again but um this was a great video um where you can uh, I'll, I'll link again to all these videos in the description this was a great video where uh Lopez is volleying and it's just I don't know it's it's very he hits it so clean it's very satisfying on the rise goes to Fabio Fanini a player who really excels in taking the ball early and, I mean, that's a that's a gorgeous shot right here against Nadal and Monte Carlo. He actually won this match against Nadal on clay. Very impressive. Uh, Fanini able to take the ball on the rise. Aggression goes to the Canadian Denis Shapovalov. Could have went to Felix Auger-Aliassime, but I actually think Shapovalov is a little bit more developed in, in the different ways he's able to attack from anywhere on the court regardless of if it's his forehand wing, if it's his backhand wing, there is literally not an aggressive shot that he does not possess, with the exception of, of maybe some of the continental grip attacks. you know. But in terms of hitting over the ball, he finds angles, he goes both ways. I mean, it's very hard to read his game. There's, a, in my opinion, a pretty unique shot for a one-hander to take the ball that's over his shoulders and to hit hit it short angle. Um, so Shapovalov with the aggression. The offense, Feliciano Lopez, Fabio Fanini, Denis Shapovalov all do very special things to create offense. Next is the mental. Arguably just as important as any category we have covered or all of the categories we have com covered combined. The first mental category is fight. If you are a tennis player and you don't have fight, good luck. Good luck. And no one has more fight than Rafael Nadal. He is the defending champion in this category. I think another word would be grit, tenacity, uh, doggedness, willingness to suffer. Rafael Nadal. Uh, if, if Nadal did not have this... I think he'd be retired already. I don't even think he'd be out there. And he can bring this in match play. He brings it to the practice court. He brings it to the gym. If you have the kind of fight that Rafa Nadal has, you are going to develop and maximize your potential uh, 10 out of 10 times. So uh, I have a video here for Nadal in practice. And I specifically wanted to take a video from practice. And look, it's impossible to show fight in seven seconds, but uh, this is just a fun clip. He's practicing with team, 
and full intensity. Full intensity all the time in practice. Uh, what a winner that was from Nadal on his back foot. Takes it down the line on team. Um, showing his strength. Showing the forehand heaviness. Nadal could have won you know, the forehand heaviness category. He could have won the strength category. Um, I also think he has exceptional uh, variety on the forehand side. Which is probably something that people wouldn't give him enough credit for. The credit that he deserves. The next mental category is shot selection. Again, I, I cannot show shot selection in a video clip, but that's going on Roberto Bautista Agu. Have you ever, have you ever in your life going, have you ever said, RBA, what was that? What was that? What a stupid shot. Never, never. I dare you. I dare you to find him going for a stupid shot. He doesn't. His shot selection is like, he's like a damn robot. He knows when to defend. He's so patient. He can trade all day. He, he has that perfect kind of, you know, neutral mindset about him in a, you know, when, when it needs to be. But if he gets his short ball, man, he's not letting you get away with it. He has, his shot selection is so, always so, so on point. So if, if you're a young player and you're looking for someone to model your shot selection around, I would point to RBA. The next category is pressure, nerve management. And again, it goes to a member of the big three, Novak Djokovic, who especially, especially since the last time I made a Hulk video, Novak Djokovic continues to win matches because he brings his best tennis when it matters most. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you surveyed professional tennis players and you gave them a bunch of options and one of in terms of skills that they could um, inherit and one of the skills was you can play your very best tennis when it matters most all the time. When you need your best tennis, you can always bring it. Every single player would choose that as their skill. Yes, if, if you told... A player, would you rather have, let's say, um, you know, Dominic Team's forehand or Stan Wawrinka's backhand or John Isner's serve? Ooh, that's a tough one because that's, that's pretty nice too. Or the ability to play your very best tennis in the very biggest moments. I bet most would say, give me that power. That's a pretty awesome power. To be able to play your best tennis when it matters, that's why Djokovic um, gets the pressure category. But um, he almost won, obviously, backhand defense because that's one of his signature skills. So I decided to grab this video because he's so good at that. I mean, what is this? I don't know how he got to this ball, but the fact that when he got to the ball, he was able to put that much on it, crazy, crazy. All right. Um... So that's the mental. Man, the mental game is very important. So yeah, Nadal, Djokovic, RBA, they're all going to the mental. Okay, one more. One more. One more categories and it's subsets. It's the other. You, you know, you got to look good. You got to look good on the court. There's, there's, there's more to this. Think the players don't care how they look? Some don't. I think most do. Um, so the next category is uh, looks. And that goes to one Alexander Zverev. 
I believe that is his current girlfriend. I hope I'm I'm updated on on Zverev because he, you know, seems to be a lot of a lot of women constantly, you know. Things things have been changing with him all the time. But uh let's give that to Zverev. Uh Swagger. Swagger I I don't have a video for, but Swagger goes to Karen Hatchinov. Why? Because when he walks, he just moves his shoulders. He walks with his shoulders. It's like it's like he's King Kong or something on the court. He, you know, he he owns the place. Swagger goes to Karen Hatchinov. And then um clothing, the kit. I think Kane Ishikori is always on point. There he is. I love the color schemes that Uniqlo puts together for Kane Ishikori. I don't think Federer gets the same kind of nice kits that Nishikori gets from Uniqlo. I think it's just the style, but they, they nail it with Nishikori. I mean, these are unique colors. I, I, I love the colors. Um, so here it is, the other, Alexander Zverev with the good looks, Hatchinov with the swagger, and Kane Nishikori with the, uh, with the kit. Um, and that concludes the Hulk tennis player, the perfect tennis player. Should this be every year? Should I update this? Should I do it biannually? Because last year I didn't do it. Um, I don't know. But, you know, when the Hulk declines in, in, in its skills, it needs to be updated. And it will continue to be updated. Have fun with this in the comments. I don't know. Um, I don't know if you want to give your own rendition of the Hulk player. I'm telling you, it is harder than it seems because you can only use a player once. That's what makes it difficult. Uh, but let me know what you really disagree with. Where did I upset you? Maybe build your own Hulk. Have some fun with it. Uh, Monday match analysis will continue. I will be analyzing old tennis matches. I've asked you on Twitter, at Gil Gross, for some recommendations. So um, I'll see you soon. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you next time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.